three stories that I want to talk about. Um, I want to first get into this Joe Biden story about um, trying to tell police to uh, shoot criminals and assailants in the leg. Okay, uh, this is from Fox News. Law enforcement groups blasted uh, Joe Biden for again suggesting training police to shoot suspects in the leg uh, is a viable way to avoid fatalities decrying the proposal as dangerous and ignorant. Um, during an ABC News town hall Thursday, Biden gave the shooting advice while talking about broader police reforms, which have been on the public conscience since the uh, killing of George Floyd sparked nationwide racial unrest. There's a lot of things we've learned, and it takes time, but we can do this, Biden said. You can ban chokeholds. You can teach people how to de-escalate circumstances. Instead of anybody coming at you, and the first thing you do is shoot to kill, you shoot them in the leg. Okay, so let's just address that. Um, again, so let, let's, just, let's just talk about, um, you know, I've talked about de-escalation. Um, the way de-escalation works in any circumstance, whether it's uh, an angry, you know, an angry person, you know, at a grocery store, or you know, at the airport, or w wherever, you know, you have an accident. There's escalation. You know, there's there's adrenaline. It takes it takes multi. It takes all parties involved to de-escalate the situation. So that's where de-escalation comes in. They say, okay, well, just well, it's the police's job to just de-escalate. No, it isn't. It's it's the job of the police. If you want to talk about de-escalation, there's the there's the police there's the police side, there's law enforcement, and there's there are the individuals involved who are dealing with law enforcement. If there's a guy who's yelling and screaming and yelling and screaming and getting violent and resisting and the police keep trying to calm him down and it's not working it, it's a two-way street it's like respect it's a two-way street you have to work together so I've already discussed that but let's talk about shooting people in the leg um, Joe Biden uh, has watched one too many movies it is extraordinarily hard first of all first of all if you're in a situation, okay, I, I, I won't even get into that. Okay, so what is the largest part of any person's body? It's their center of mass. It's, it's where their organs are. It's, you know, you know, you know, it's like, it's, it's pretty much like a, a rectangle. Okay, my arm is not going to be nearly as big as, you know, my chest. My, my my center of mass area. My leg's not going to be as big as that. My leg is skinnier. It's going to be very inaccurate if you're trying to shoot at someone's foot or someone's arm or trying to shoot the gun out of someone's hand. Stop watching movies, Joe Biden. The reason, the reason that you shoot at someone's center of mass is because that's the easiest target to hit. If someone is coming at you, you're not going to shoot them in the leg. One, because first of all, they're coming at you. So they are, the distance between you and them is closing. Uh, it's, 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 it's decreasing, okay? 
you don't know what they're gonna you don't know what they're trying to do to you you don't know if they're trying to kill you hurt you or what but you do know that they are coming towards you okay if you're trying to shoot them in their leg keeps moving why because when you run or walk your leg moves when you jog your leg moves when you run your leg moves even faster so it's extraordinarily hard to shoot them in the leg but what's not really going to be moving is their center of mass they can try to dodge a bullet it's probably not going to happen because you just can't move fast enough to dodge a bullet you know intentionally police officers and law enforcement groups pounce on the suggestion that officers would train to shoot someone in the leg rather than center than center mass the largest part of the body that has been that has long been the firearms training target. John Evans, president of the Buffalo Police Benevolent Association, told Fox News that Biden's suggestion is absolutely ridiculous and incredibly ignorant. The guy's clueless, Evans said, and I know he's just trying to appease his left-wing base, but it's really a foolish statement. See, it's really that's really amazing. You know, they never talk, you know, again, the left really they embrace the criminals. They embrace the ones who who do things and go against law enforcement because the left just hates law enforcement. So what you have is they say, okay, well, if they're coming at you, don't try to kill them. Or it's like, okay, well, how about you tell the criminal, don't point, don't point guns at officers. Don't run at officers. I promise you, if you just de-escalate the situation, your chances of getting shot or anybody getting shot or any shots even having to be fired dramatically, dramatically, dramatically drops. The number one cause, the number the number one factor is behavior in these incidents. How does the person behave? Do they just comply? Do they do they run? Do they hide? Do they fight? Do they do they harass? What do they do? Do you remember that story that I told you about? Uh, where that guy kidnapped those two ladies and pretty much he took them away and then the police, you know, got to where he was and he just surrendered. The 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 first thing he did, he, well, he shut the door and he knew he was outnumbered and so the law enforcement said, okay, everyone in the house crawled towards me, crawled towards the sound of my voice. Everyone crawled out. No one had, no one, no shots were fired. Everyone exited the building. Everyone exited the house. And uh, the the kidnapper, he did not get shot. He did not get body slammed. He did not get chokehold. He did not get tased. He simply obeyed procedures and he obeyed the officer's commands. And he just came out towards them and crawled on, on his hands and knees. And he was fine. So it's about behavior. What do you do in these in these incidents? Uh, Joe Gamaldi, vice president of the National Fraternal Order of Police, dismissed Biden's suggestion as completely ridiculous, unrealistic, and pandering, and a pandering talking point. Shootings are dynamic situations, and we shoot to stop the threat. My dad was in the military, and he always, you know, when it, uh, you know, he, he, he used to be a Marine, and he said the first thing that they teach you, he said one of the first things they teach you is, is to, is to kill. Not to maim, not to knock out. He says they teach you to kill. Because what your opponent is trying to do, they are trying to they are trying to kill you. They're trying to they're trying to 
force their will onto you. Your job is to stop them from asserting their will onto you and you assert yours onto them. And how do you do that? You kill them. Because once they are dead, the threat is done. You have to stop the threat. And that's what Joe Gamaldi here is saying. He says, it's incredibly incredibly difficult to hit a moving target. The Fraternal Order of Police uh, has endorsed President Trump. Police are trained to aim at center mass because it's the largest target, whereas aiming at a leg would be much more difficult because it's smaller and a moving target. By aiming at legs, we are much more likely to miss, and we already only hit roughly 50% of the time, Kamaldi said. Kamaldi recalled a shooting he was involved in about 14 years ago. Between being terrified I was going to die, someone shooting at me, and then I need to aim at their legs, it's not realistic. That's really all I have to say about that. Um, most people, especially gun owners, if you own a gun and you've shot a gun, you understand the absurdity of that statement. You understand just how ridiculous it is. Because when you go to the range, you know, you're hitting something that's not moving. Okay. If something is moving at you and your adrenaline is actually rushing and and your your health, your safety, and your life is actually on the threat, you're not going to shoot at someone's leg. You're going to shoot to stop the threat. You're not James Bond. You're not Ethan Hunt. You're not Jason Bourne. You're not Batman. You're not any of those people. You are an average Joe, average John Doe, average Jane Doe trying to protect at the very least yourself primarily yourself and those around you that's why police don't shoot at the lake because you're, you're you're just going to miss way more likely and you want to stop the threat to stop the threat you go you go for the largest target which is the center of mass and that's where organs are there are no organs there's no organ in my arm there's no organ in my leg there's no organ in my hand. There's no organ in my in my left big toe. My organs and the largest part of my body is my center mass. Okay, so that's that story. Okay, um, now, um, Joe Biden, uh, another Joe Biden story. Joe Biden has called a lid. Till uh, Thursday, he called a lid uh, earlier this week, and he said, "Look, I'm not going to do anything till Thursday." Well, why is he saying that? Because he doesn't want to talk about these true stories concerning his son Hunter and um, these emails and these text messages, and um, all you know, all this. These are authentic. These are authentic things. How do we know this? Well, just just one piece of proof. Uh, Hunter Biden's lawyer reached out to the to the owner of the of the shop, and he said, "I I am Hunter Biden's lawyer. Can I please have my client's hard drive back?" How stupid can you be to actually say that? So that's so that's pretty huge. But Biden has called a lid until Thursday. Just the other day, uh, 
uh, the Democrat nominee, uh, who has long struggled to explain his son's overseas business deals, was asked about the story during a campaign swing through North Carolina on Sunday. Biden, in particular, was asked by a reporter if he had any comment about revelations that the FBI uh, had seized Hunter's laptop last year via subpoena. Video of Biden's encounter, which was shared on social media by President Donald Trump's re-election campaign, shows that the Democrat nominee refused to even listen to the reporter's question, opting to walk away as soon as the reporter mentions the word FBI. Earlier this week, uh, the Post reported that it had it had obtained emails from a laptop that allegedly belonged to Hunter Biden. You know, this is you know people say this is a Hunter Biden story, and in a way, it is. But it's bigger than that. It's Joe. This is a Joe Biden story. This is proof Joe Biden is exceptionally, incredibly corrupt. And this is this is not good for the United States of America. This is not good at all. The laptop was supposedly dropped off by Hunter at a local computer repair shop in Delaware in April 2019 after being subjected to water damage. When no one returned to pick it up, a technician at the shop claims to have gone through the hard drive sometime in the summer of 2019 and proceeded to share it with former uh, NYC Mayor Rudy Giuliani. FBI investigators seized the laptop in December of last year as part of an ongoing investigation into foreign election interference. It remains unclear if the laptop and its corresponding content is is authentic. Um, it is. This is this is from uh, Breitbart, and this is from. Uh, this article's from the 18th. But these are... It is real. Um, no one... You know, it's the it's very amazing. Adam Schiff and, you know, a lot of Democrats in, in the media, they're saying, oh, well, it's Russia. So they're not... These aren't... They're not denying that these are true. They're not denying that, oh, this is, this is not... This is not real. This is inauthentic. This is fake. This is not real stuff. This is this is made up. No, they're just saying, uh, no, it's it's uh, it's uh, it's the Russians. So they're not denying that it's not true. And it, we know that this is true. We have we have receipts. We have we have we have pictures. We have emails. This is absolutely huge. This is the biggest story and also the most verifiable story that we've had in a long and there's been a lot of headlines a whole lot of headlines you know Kavanaugh rape allegations those 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 were false the rape allegations against Joe Biden which those weren't verified here we have receipts we have emails we have text messages Hunter Biden I can't imagine what Joe said to Hunter. When this story came out, I cannot even imagine the Biden family. I, I, I can't even imagine. If my last name is Biden, I'm changing my name. I'm just, I'm changing my name. My goodness, this story is, it, it, it's huge. Like, it's absolutely huge. Uh, my goodness, man. So that's <coughs> that's that story. 
um, you know, the you know the interesting thing about this is that there's so many emails that they have to. There's a lot of emails that they have to go through. There's a lot of content that they have to go through. But there are thousands and thousands of files. There's so there's thousands and thousands of pieces of content, and I always, you know, one thing I always say is content is king. Um, when you have proof and you have actual receipts and you can actually prove what you're saying, this is this is going to be this won't be able to be denied. The next debate, you can bet. I I we already know Trump is going to say something. They may they there may not be a question at all about it, and I I wouldn't be surprised if there wasn't. I can promise you, Donald Trump will ask Joe Biden, Joe, what about those emails? What about that hard drive? Is it true? Are you the quote unquote big guy? All these things are gonna all these things are gonna come out on this. Um, you know, it, it, it's just a matter of time. And this this story is gonna it's gonna go past, you know, twenty twenty. This is a huge. This is an enormous story. I mean, this is absolutely huge. Okay, so enough enough politics. Let's talk culture, which is my preferred um, subject. So San Diego, uh, San Diego school districts um, have gone woke. So they are going to oh they have overhauled the grading system to combat racism. This story is sad. It is laughable. It makes you shake your head. It makes you shrug your shoulders. It, 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 it incites a lot of uh, emotion and reaction. The, the new grading system will not take into account non-academic factors like late work and classroom behavior. Lord have mercy. The San Diego Unified School District last week uh, approved a major overhaul to its grading system as a part of a larger effort to combat racial discrimination. The new changes came in response to data that showed disparities between the percentage of white and minority students who received D or F grades. According to the data, black students accounted for 20% of all D or F grades during the first semester of last year, while Native American and Hispanic students each accounted for 23%. By comparison, white students made up 7% of all D or F grades during that same period. Under the district's new system, non-academic factors like late work and classroom behavior will not be counted toward their overall academic grade. This is ridiculousness. This is absurdity. This is this is this is asinine in all caps. Listen 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 to this. If we're going, if we're actually going to be an anti-racist school district, we have to confront practices uh, like this that have gone on for years and years, Barrier said. I think this reflects a reality that students have described to us, and it's, and it's a change that's a long time coming. This is, this is, this is so stupid. It's so, so stupid. You know, they. This is he said. This is part of our. This is part of our reckoning. As a school district, 
district officials evidently believe that the practice of grading students based on their average score is racist and that an active effort to dismantle racism necessitates a learning environment free of the pressure to turn in assignments on time. Well, guess what work is like? When you start working, there will be assignments that you have to do. You have to show up to you have to show up to work on time. You will have you will have projects that are due at work and it's like there's a deadline. This is this is this is craziness. As evidence for the urgency of these changes, the district released data showing the minority students received more D's and F's than white students. Just 7% of whites received failing grades, as opposed to 23% of Native Americans, 23% of Hispanics, and 20% of blacks. Under the new system, students will not be penalized for failing to complete assignments, and teachers will give them extra opportunities to demonstrate mastery of subjects. The grades they receive upon completion of a course will no longer reflect their averaging tests and assignment scores. Common grading practices such as averaging a student's grade over time can disadvantage students who started the year behind grade level and can discredit the progress a student has made, experts have said. What kind of experts are these? L- listen to this. Listen to me. I'm just going to come out and say it. So based off, based off this data, white students are just, they're just better students. If, if, the, if that's what the, if that's what, listen, listen. As evidence for the urgency of these changes, the district released data showing that minority students received more D's and F's than white students. Just 7% of whites received failing grades, as opposed to 23% of Native Americans, 23% of Hispanics, and 20% of blacks. That's enormous. That is enormous. That's a huge disparity. And so you really think that it's a good idea to just say, you know what? Forget. And let me say this. If I'm a student, if I'm a student, there's there's now no reason for me at all, at all, to complete any assignment that's turned in, that that that's assigned. If if I were if I were in high school or middle school or whatever, and a teacher assigns me an essay. Why would I do it? It makes no difference. It do, it doesn't matter. They didn't they did not think this through at all. Part yes, part of your grade is okay, how do you do how do you do on assignments? How do you do on tests? How are you acting in how are you acting in uh in in, in the classroom? These things actually matter. Learning environment free of the pressure to turn in assignments on time. These, see, here's what you're you're hurting students because what's going to happen is they're eventually going to going to go to secondary school. They're going to go to college, and in college. And let's say colleges even adopt this. Let's let's say the stupid ones adopt this, and they say, "Okay, okay, you know, even forget college. Go to go to work. My dad is a system specialist. 
at at an aerospace company. He has assignments that are due every day. He has meetings that he has to coordinate. He has to do all these things. He 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 talks, you know, with the military and you know, you know, the the DOD. He talks to a whole bunch of people. There are deadlines that he and his coworkers have to meet. So now is is the new world just going to be well? You know what? I I'm I'm just not going to do it. I want you to pay me, but I'm not going to do the work. I'm not going to do the work, and if I do the work, I'm going to turn it in whenever I want. That's not the way life works. You have deadlines. Imagine, imagine if we actually lived like this. Imagine a society where we where we live like this, where you do things, you can do things. See, here's what they're doing. They're take they're removing consequences. What these what what the what the districts are doing in San Diego is they are removing consequences. They're trying they're teaching kids indirectly that your actions don't have consequences. You don't want to do that essay? Okay. That's cool. That's you know, you won't you won't fail. That won't hurt your grade. That won't hurt your possible prospects of going to school. You don't you don't want to do that. You don't want to take that math test, that's fine. You don't want to come to school, that's fine. You you wanna you wanna you wanna just get up and leave in the middle of class, that's fine. You don't wanna you don't wanna do that book report, that's okay. You're teaching kids that that actions don't have consequences. But there is an old law. It's it's even in the Bible, there's sowing and reaping. Or if if you want to remove religion from it, cause and effect. You do something, it leads to something else. And what they are doing is they're saying, forget that. Whatever you want to do is okay. We're not going to punish you for your, for your, uh, for your lack, for your incompetence. We're not going to punish you for your low grades. You can do whatever you want whenever you want, however you want, and there are no negative repercussions. This this is amazing. This this is absolutely sickening. Let me say this. If I let me say this, if I'm a parent, if I'm a parent, and my my kid goes goes is is in any of these districts that's implementing this, I'm taking my kid and I'm putting them somewhere else. Either I'm homeschooling them or I'm putting them in another district. I don't care how much my my kid kicks and screams or says, oh, I hate you or you're making me leave all my friends. I'm removing my my kid from that environment. Why? Because because one of the things that school teaches, one of the things that grades teach, um, assignments teach, is that is the law of cause and effect, the law of sowing and reaping. If If you want to do well, it takes time. If you do bad on an assignment or a test, there are consequences. There are negative consequences. If you do well, there are positive consequences. But now, what this district, what this district is trying to put in the minds of these kids is that there are no negative consequences for your actions. Think about this. If I'm if I'm a kid, if I'm a kid at all, I I'd be looking at this and be like, so pretty much what you're telling me. 
And I'm sure there's a whole bunch of kids there rejoicing. I don't have to do any assignment ever while I'm in this district. You can't put it. I don't have to do work. I can do it whenever I want. If I want to. And if I don't want to, well, there's nothing you can do about it. You can't, you can't give me a D or an F. This is ridiculous. And let me say this. If I'm a high-achieving student, say I'm on track to be valedictorian or anything like that. You know, you're trying to get that 5.0. Let me say this. Get yourself out of that district and go somewhere else. I don't care. I don't care if it is. I don't care if you're a junior going into your senior year. Get out of that district because you are being cheated. You've worked hard. You've put in the time. You've put in the effort. You've put in the blood. You've put in the sweat. You've put in the tears. You've put in the effort to get that which you desire most. And they're taking that away. Your achievement won't mean anything. It will be meaningless. This is disgraceful. This is absolutely disgraceful. They are removing the idea and the concept of negative consequences. Everything you do has a consequence. It could be positive, it could be negative, it could be neutral. Going to work on time has has its has its consequences. Going to work late is has its consequences. Quitting a job has its consequences. Starting a job has its consequences. Taking out a loan has its consequences. Applying for scholarships has its consequences. Everything you do has consequences. And again, consequences can be negative, neutral, or positive. So when we look at these things, we have to... It's important. Everything has consequences. You can't take that away. Whatever you do, there is a repercussion. There's cause and effect. And when you implement this policy, you are only hurting your own kids. You're only hurting your own kids. Say, there are children who are starting kindergarten, okay? In kindergarten, you're pretty much starting out. So they pretty much now, for the next 13 years of their life, 13 years of their life, they don't understand the concept of negative consequences in school. What difference would it make? And if I'm, if I'm a parent, how could I possibly explain to my kid, who's starting in kindergarten, how this stuff works? It's like, oh, well, whatever, forget what the teacher says. You're going you're gonna to do your assignment anyway. Well, now I'm just doing this because I don't want to be punished by you. But my grades are going to be the same as my as my constituents who don't do the assignment, who ignore those things, who just who don't want to do it. Why should I if I'm if seriously if, if I were a kid and I told my parent and my parents said, "Okay, you're going to do it anyway." I'd be like I would explain it to them. Okay, why should I do it? Explain to me why I should do it. Why should I why should I take the time and invest to do this assignment when it doesn't matter at all? Whether I do it, don't do it, whether I do it and turn it in 
two months later. What difference does it make? This is wrong, and this is absolutely sickening. If I'm a teacher, if I'm a teacher in this district, you must protest this. Teachers, parents, high-achieving students, you, you need to fight this so hard. I mean, do whatever you got to do. This is absurd and it is absolutely wrong. This, this is, this is so, this is, it's evil. It's evil because you're putting the wrong mind, you're, you're, because you're trying to help mold kids. You're trying to teach them about the real world. When you do this, you're, 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 you're blocking their view. You're blocking them from understanding that actions have consequences. If you don't want to do this assignment, you fail the assignment, and that hurts your grade. They're going when they go when they go for jobs. They have to understand that there are that there are consequences to their actions. If you arrive to work late, that's a problem. You want to you have a job interview and you say ah. Oh, well, I'll just, I'll go in a couple hours. I'll go a couple hours after my, my interview's at, my interview's at 2, but I'll, I'll just, what difference does it make? Why, why not just go at 4.15? It doesn't work. It does not work at all. They need to understand that con- that their actions have consequences. If you go to a job interview late, you don't get the job. I don't care if you're white, black, Mexican, a, a, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. It doesn't matter. Because actions have... Oh.